This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Bob Parker mic. You gave me this mic from like the 70s. It does look like a 70s It looks like I'm show. hosting a dating show. Yeah, it does. I wish. Behind door number one, we've got Brad. <laughs> he works in agriculture and has got a long penis. <laughs> Honestly, I would watch a show like that nowadays. Me too. I don't know why they haven't brought that back. I don't know, and I'd love to host it. Having like a dyke hosting a day- dating show for straight people being like, God, what an eye roll. <laughs> yeah, or like, wow, you think that's interesting? Yikes. You if you could... want to date your dad, check behind door number four, your actual father. Well, you, I feel like you would point out how ridiculous and how low standards mm-hmm. there are for men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Men just, if they have hair They're in. or height... Yeah. And typically not both. Yeah. People are like, he's a total catch. It's hasn't even spoken a word yet. They're like, well, listen, sure. He's served a lot of time. He is a felon. And sure. Warrants out for his arrest. Sure. He voted for Trump too many times. More than twice. More than twice. He wrote it in almost like he made it happen. (laughs) But you know what? He is tall. So, yeah, he doesn't remember my birthday, but who cares? Sure, he doesn't remember my name. Whatever. He held a baby one time in 1997, and I really held on to that. And he dropped it. Well, but the picture was cute. The picture was cute. Fucking hell. Yeah, standards are low. I would definitely watch a show, a dating show that you hosted. Mm -hmm, Me too. It would be very funny. I'd watch it. Obviously, I'd watch it. Because you love yourself. I love watching shit that I've been in. You really do. You really do. I once came over and you were watching yourself. I, I used to get drunk and watch all my stand-up shows over and over again. That's insane. I was technically looking for improvements on punchlines. Sure you were. Sure. But was I? Yeah, you were not. But was I? <laughs> was I? I don't know. You weren't there. It was the one time. Well, then now you know. <laughs> you <Yes>. were. <laughs> and boy, is it weird. You want to... Welcome them to the episode. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Two Dykes and a Mic. I'm Mackenzie Goodwin. And I'm Rachel Scanlon. And let me just clear it up. Everyone's been asking, oh my God, what's the deal? I found you guys on TikTok. Why aren't you an actual couple? Sometimes, listeners, relationships are actually more and beyond romance and sex. What Mackenzie and I have is a partnership built on support, trust, and love that has not yet dabbled into sex. And I did say yet, (laughs) and that was an accident. (laughs) 
that. But I guess stay Was tuned. It been an accident. You can't. Here's the thing. You I can't, love the stay tuned. Stay tuned. A nice teaser. You can't audience. say for certain. Yes. Because no one knows the future. No one knows you the future. You can't look at me mm-hmm. and say without a doubt. It never, ever, ever could ever possibly happen. I never say never. I've changed so much since you met me. That's true. Who knows what the another holds. year will bring? And you're like, holy Whoa. shit. I think this is it. Yeah, I got to taste that ginger snap. I said snap like a cookie I and you took, it, you took it too hard. No, you said taste that ginger snap. And that, to me, is still too far. It's too close. <laughs> because it's so close to snatch. But it wasn't. I know. Ooh, but wow. Was- My grandma made a bunch of cookies. What flavor are they? There's chocolate chip and ginger snap. <laughs> you would be white macadamia. Obviously. Also, my one of my favorite cookies. White macadamia they slaps. S- they slap. Hard. They really do. You know what I was thinking about? Hmm. It is almost unbelievable yeah. that we have not been schemed or murdered. What do you mean? The amount of swiping and dating of strangers that we've done yes. in a major city yeah, without getting like conned. I'm watching like a new show about people who do cons okay. to other people. Love it. And they're basically like a lot of people use online dating mm-hmm. to meet people, unsuspecting, trustworthy people okay. like us. Rubes, if you will. Okay. I'm 100% a full on rube. What does rube mean? A ruby Tuesday. Somebody's easily conned and tricked got it a yeah, believer yeah. yeah you are gullible if you asked me right now for mm-hmm. 10k i'd be like first of all i don't have it second of all i'll figure out how to get it to you no questions asked that's fascinating i'm the opposite of that in fact i feel like in another life i would be a con artist whoa i would love to con people whoa yeah gay villain yeah i think i could do it i just feel like there's been so many instances where i have like said yes to gigs that are in like yeah, the back mess. of a spa in like downtown LA sure. that is like, you go past the warehouse, ignore the blood. Yeah. And then in back, there's a microphone. There's going to be no crowd there. And you no have to lights. pay. Yeah, you pay us 50 bucks, yeah. but we'll give you a tape. Exactly. And there's been a lot of times where I'm like, how did we make it out mm-hmm. without getting? Because I was actively doing the cons. <sighs> I was the one setting up those shows. You're the one. Mm-hmm. And I'm the rube. Mm-hmm. The one in the rube. I, well, I've told you when I was a kid, I used to go around selling Girl Scout cookies and I wasn't a Girl Scout and I would just collect the cash. What? Mm-hmm. That's like a major con. Yeah. I was young. Wait, were there cookies? No. There I were no cookies. I was not a Girl Scout. I would go around my neighborhood with a pencil and pad and say, when they are delivered, I will deliver the cookies. You give me cash now. What? Wait. <laughs> Who told you to do this? Nobody. You just were like, I'm going to fabricate the existence and delivery of cookies. Yes, correct. And then go into your own neighborhood. Yeah, they knew me. (laughs) Were you like willingly knowing your girlish charm? You're like, I'm young and blonde. I think because I used to do, you remember the jump-a-thons? You'd go around your neighborhood Mm -hmm. and you would get people to donate money to jump-a-thon. Well, we didn't have jump-a-thon, but I was definitely a door-to-door, like, wrapping paper salesman from my school. So I did that, and then I was like, this is easy. People give me money because I'm a kid. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, but I want the money. I don't want these stupid prizes that they're giving me. It was like a squish ball. 
you know, like yeah. they used to give less like silly yeah, prizes. prizes. Yeah. You wouldn't keep the cash. The school kept the money and then you were like, look, I have this um, Sticker Gatorade book. water dispenser. Exactly. So I was like, why would I want that? I could have the cash. So oh. I went around and I sold fake Girl Scout cookies or the idea of Girl Scout cookies. How did you pitch it? You I were just s- like, they'll come. Yeah. I said, you write down what you want right here on this book and I'm going to order them <laughs> and they will be delivered. This is insane to me. So you collected money. How much do you think you made? No idea. I have no idea because then a couple days later I felt guilty and I returned all their money. Okay. Yeah. You gave it back. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave it back. But I'm just like, from a young age, I knew how to... Hustle. Hustle, yeah. That scares me. But I also have a conscience because I believe in karma. Ah. So I, I could never actually take some that that's I couldn't be a con person. You but you have the mental and, ability. There is a scrappiness to you. Yeah. But then I also believe that uh you know bad things will come to me if I do wrong to others. So I can't I I don't do that. Fascinating. I don't really believe in karma. Oh. And it shows. But I do believe in doing good things. And it shows. <laughs> Cuz here I am thriving. I must have done something very cool in a past life to land such a hot girlfriend. Yeah. I wonder if I was with the ugliest girl in town in my past life. Well, there's no way of knowing. But we obviously one did, way. We did something we good. We have a guest on tonight, Teresa Caputo. Come on in. God, I would love to get I'd love to get somebody on a like medium that. Yeah. or an astrologer. Yeah. We tried to get an astrologer once. Or a our, sex. Our worker? first couple episodes. Listen, let's get into it. Uh, We don't have gay news because if you're listening right now, Rachel and I are banking a couple episodes because our birthdays are at the end of June. And we're going out of town. We are. We've got some big trips coming up. So uh, there is... I'm going to Hawaii. No, you're not. You know. So we both have weddings coming up. Okay, when is yours? Wedding season, July. And what are you going to wear? No idea. Yeah, me neither. But then I thought... Were you going to offer a dress? I was going to offer a dress, but then I realized that's not your vibe. No, I would never. It's not your vibe. I have so many. I am like Katherine Heigl in 27 dresses, but more annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you'd say that. I was really hoping you were going to say, but more annoying, because I cannot think of anyone more annoying than Katherine Heigl, Uh, but one comes to mind. Who? Taylor. Swift? Mm -hmm. And what, what... Look, he was a tailor, but then in a tailor. Then she'd said, look at me. Hi, my name is Taylor. That That's, makes me. Those are not the lyrics. That, I mean, it essentially, I mean, it isn't, but it is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, those aren't the lyrics, but they fucking are the lyrics. And that makes, and here's what pisses me off, Ken's. <laughs> yeah, pop off. It is infuriating because that verse mm-hmm. makes my skin itch with embarrassment. Yet. But the pre-chorus it's is good. so good. Yeah. And that'll happen. In the middle of the night. Come on. Ooh. You just did a thing we do. Now I've got a question for you. Sure. Do you think by the time this episode she airs. She will have come out. Yeah, because it's going to be Pride, Pride Month. Yes, I do. You think she's going to come out during this year's Pride Month? Yeah. And how is she going to come out? I think she's going to say that. I'm just going to say something vague along the lines of like... Did I you say vague? Vague. Oh, it did sound like badge. Vague. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going to tweet the word vag and then be and like, then I meant vague. <laughs> vague. <laughs> I think she's going to say something super broad. Okay. Like this pride, I'm so excited to like join my rainbow or like join the col- my color in that rainbow. And we're all going to be like, we get it. And then the straight people are going to be like, I don't know, maybe in the middle of the night that also that lyric you should see the things we do baby 
In my dreams? Yeah, you're closeted. The whole everything she has ever said is Is gay. It's gay. Even when it's not, it is. We're not buying it. I just hate her so much, but I can't stop. Hey, if you're listening, Taylor, which we know you are, (laughs) just know that when you do come out, we're going to have your back. And until you do, we will not. I will hate you. You know what? We were just talking about at your dinner table. <laughs> so this is what happens, listeners. I come over to Mackenzie's house. We shoot the shit for 30 to 45 minutes. I just basically tell Mackenzie every thought I had since the last time I saw her. Which was 12 hours ago? Yeah, really recently. I basically just had dinner and slept. Yeah. And my thought of the day was, my big epiphany of the day mm-hmm. was as follows. I bet Taylor Swift... Because, you know, all I do is picture people fucking. Yeah. So I was picturing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, she loves eating pussy. Loves it, probably. There's no way, because it makes her feel good. About herself. That she's good at it. Yeah. And then she's just, like, proud. I could see that. I could see because... There's nothing cooler than making a a girl come, first of all. It's the pinnacle of everything. Everything. How powerful you must feel. Drunk on power. Because, like, to make a guy come, easy. Right. I made a guy come once... On accident. <laughs> By looking at him, what was the story again? I wasn't looking. We were like smooching, but like. And it, then he came. Yes. It's so easy. I yeah. mean, like I, I, we could open the window right now <laughs> and just like. Listen, that being said, <laughs> it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. My leggings in the car. Forget True. it. True. Halfway there. <laughs> Living on a prayer. Listening to Taylor Swift. Just like, not now. Oh, God. <laughs> you better shut up. Let's get into it. Uh, We have a bumble fumble that I would love to read you. Uh, While I could definitely drudge up some dating mishaps and fumbles, this story takes the prize for one of the cringiest moments in my life. The scene, my childhood bedroom over summer break between sophomore and junior years of college. I'm laid up in bed with my foot elevated due to a surgery. It's around dinner time, and my dad had just come home and wanted to check on me. He pokes his head in and then begins to walk around the bed to inspect my foot. It's the exact moment that I remember that earlier I had gotten a little randy and decided to get myself off. Due to the foot being incapacitated and being a lazy bitch, I had just dropped the toy next to my bed. Hysterical. Holy shit. Oh, I see where this is going. Oh, no. So my father walked around to the side of the bed and was greeted by my vibrator. No. A neon pink double-sided dildo. No! (laughs) Surprise! This caused an immediate sensation of movement and quick exit from the room with no words spoken. Fuck. To this day, I've never spoken with the man about the incident. The fact that I have any sexuality at all, let alone a queer one, is too much for that man. My mother, on the other hand, well, I found her on her hands and knees later that night looking under the bed trying to see the toys that I had already put away. To her credit, she chose to ask questions and try to figure things out. You make me gayer every time I listen to both of you, and I'm so thankful you allow all of us into your friendship with open arms, XOXO. Oh my God, we love you guys. Ow. I love having more gay friends. Holy. Thank you for sharing this. It has obviously triggered a memory that I have just you, now unlocked. <gasps> Tell me everything. I was once taking a nap in my mom's, my parents' bed on my mom's side, obviously. Okay. And I was like laying there sleeping and I like gently go to stretch and put my hand 
over my head. Oh no. And I they the way that their headboard works is that it's actually like two compartments that open up where oh, okay. on top of it you put your like alarm clock and then inside you put like a book that you're reading, maybe sure. your reading glasses, whatever. I like had knocked that part of the front drawer and whatever I hit with my hand triggered a toy to turn on and vibrate loudly. Are you serious? Awaking me from my nap and it couldn't have been anything else. Do you know what I mean? Because Did you just a leave cer- the room? I left. I was like, you didn't open it was, to see. No, I didn't. I was like, mom. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. I was like something. And then she was like, well, Stop. Why are they so open about it? The, my parents have like the cockiness of people that come every day. That's so, but you, you can't be like that with your children. No. You have to hide that stuff. It was too much. Because look what it did to you. And now ugh, I'm and broken. Look, look who you are. A comedian? Yeah. Oh. And open about your sexuality. Humiliating. And me over here just full of shame. Uh, totally repressed. Oh, God. I don't know what's worse, to be honest. Both are. We're the opposite ends of the spectrum. And both bad. Yeah. We would love a middle ground. <laughs> and neither. We're so bar, Un- far uh, from the middle. Unhealthy. Unhealthy amounts of far from the middle. Both of us. <laughs> but yeah, that was the day that I took a nap and it was awoken by my mom's vibrator. My mom. I mean, you or know your what? dad's. Good for her. You don't know whose it was. I'm really just here for anyone having sex toys i think yeah i think it's you're like taking care of your sexual health do i wish i didn't know it about my mom absolutely without a doubt certainly do i wish i could go back in time and never take a nap there on that bed did i ever go back into that bed no i did not why were you in their room they have a huge bed so wait there's nothing more luxurious than sleeping in your parents bed when they're like gone True. You know what? Like true. on top of the covers, get the, the blanket that you use in the family room. Yeah. Bring it to your parents' bed on top of their sheets, but you're like hugely spread out with the dog. Thanks for sharing that. And I think it is healthy to have one parent ignore it and the other parent be way too into it because that would be Mackenzie and I. Mackenzie would be your dad being like, I would well, never talk about it. Again. I guess I'm putting this kid up for adoption. Yeah, I would give I would give the child up. Time for college and or the move kid's out. Like, I'm yeah. nine. Yeah. And then I would be like, oh, what else do you got, honey? The mom looking under the bed was weird. I would do that. I would be like, have you tried this lube? No. No. I will never talk to my child about that kind of stuff. Uh, I will. I mean, I'm not planning on having children. Mm -hmm. But if I do, we talk about sex openly uh, at all times. You can talk to my child about sex. I will. I'm going to hope for an asexual child. Your child is going to be like... Well, Auntie Rachel says that this clitoris stimulating Stop. gel works really well. When and I have like, a kid, don't hang out with her anymore. When I have a kid, these episodes are being wiped off the face of the earth. <laughs> Your identity will <laughs> be completely washed. Yeah. Uh, we have a queer of the week. Will you read it for me? I will. Back in the day, people did nominate you a lot and I would delete them. That sucks. And now nobody has. I no- should be queer of the week. Nobody has nominated you in truly Forever. years. Fuck. I got to bring it up. My game. Okay. Hi, Mackenzie and Rachel, both spelled accurately. Hot. Congrats. You win. I wanted to nominate my gorgeous partner, Amber, for Queer of the Week. Before I get into why, you should know that Amber was the one who got me into your podcast to begin with. Hot. Gently encouraging me to try it again when I dismissed it initially. Why Sorry. did you dismiss it initially? Yeah, what's that? Can, is there something we could change to get you more on board? Let us know in Were the we? comments below. <laughs> Were we too horny? We probably too horny. Yeah. Amber is amazing. Not only is she the mother of four, she's also she also found the courage to admit to herself and to the world who she really was, even though it was super scary. 
When she came out later in life and with four kids to consider, she's strong, smart, makes me laugh till I can't breathe, motivated like no one I know, hello DIY projects done almost every week, and she gets shit done. Love that. Has helped me go from allergic to cats to indifferent to still allergic, but agreeing to adopt not one, but three cats into our home, can multitask like no one, likes to shop for both of us, is a badass mom and partner, friend and all around person and dot 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 well i guess i could go on forever i'm so grateful that i get to be a part of her life and that she introduced me to this podcast which don't worry i now adore thank god just so that i can nominate her for queer of the week if you do read this on your podcast please tell her my absolute limit is three cats no matter how queer of the week her ass is winky smiley that's cute thanks for making me laugh every week without fail xoxo karen Oh, happy so, queer of the week. That was really sweet. That was so fucking cute. Happy queer of the week, Amber. Congrats on coming out and later in life while having fourth kids, four kids and having, in my opinion, a few too many cats. That's too many. Three is the max. That's the max. This was so cute. I love how much everyone like loves each other. Yeah. I love seeing this in the world. So congrats to you, Amber. That was really nice. All right. I've got an ask a dyke. Hey guys, my name is Sierra Mulligan and I just want to start off by saying that I absolutely love you guys and listen to your podcast. It always makes me feel better after a shitty day. Mm. Um, I'll even go back and re-listen to old ones. They never get old. Cute. That's nice. So here's my ask a dyke. So me and my lovely girlfriend wanted a cute date day. We got up early, went out all day and had a super great time. We decided to end it with some good food at one of our favorite restaurants. The food was amazing and the waiter was super sweet. It was overall great, and we were both really happy with how the day was going. Um, when we were leaving the restaurant, we were holding hands as we do, and this man was standing on the corner with a bullhorn. That's how every horror story starts. Everything so far is putting me on edge. He immediately put his focus on us and began shouting at us to repent our sins and that God does not love us. Mm. My girlfriend, who has a much more I don't give a fuck attitude, immediately flipped him off and wanted to talk back to him. But I have anxiety and always worry about strangers, particularly men, mm -hmm. having weapons or wanting to hurt us. So I made her rush into the car so we could leave. The entire thing made me so uncomfortable and unsafe. My mood was instantly ruined for some reason, and I was a little upset about the encounter. Yeah. It was my first time being approached or confronted by someone who openly didn't support us. I wish stuff like this didn't affect me, but unfortunately it did, and I struggled to bounce back because I didn't want to ruin my girlfriend's day, too. Both me and my girlfriend are kind of baby gays. We're both 19 and just recently started to live more openly and independent, so we don't have much experience with people like this out in public. Mm. I hate feeling like I'm being dramatic, but my anxiety does get the best of me sometimes. Have you guys ever experienced something like this, or do you have any advice on what I should do if something like this happens again? Thank you both for reading this. Love you both. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's that also awful. is a super traumatizing experience yeah. and very like, it's super scary. So this isn't you being like, oh, my anxiety just got the best of me. It's like, no, Not this is all. actually a super awful experience that happens to like a lot of us yeah. out in the world. And I'm sorry that that happened. Yeah, yeah, that I mean, that happened to me when I was at ASU. There was always this guy by the MU, like the food court area with a blowhorn and would be yelling at people constantly especially mm -hmm. like he would always have a sign that was like homosexuals are going to hell and all this kind of stuff yeah and usually it would be he would call people out but there would almost always be a crowd of like 30 to 40 students yelling at him back mm -hmm. so it wasn't as like pointed yeah but it does it ruins your day seeing hatred like that out in the world yeah it's hard seeing it i mean we've all i have also seen a bunch of like protesters at 
like my college yeah. town as well. And like also uh, pride would get picketed in Milwaukee mm-hmm. a, a bunch. It's really sad. And, um, but what same kind of experience where we feel are seeing a mob of people that are very openly homophobic yeah. is really scary to see. Mm-hmm. It is more helpful when you're around a group of people that are like, those people are, you know, anti-protesting them so that I can just go on and enjoy my day. Absolutely. When you're the one being yelled at called out is really fucking scary. Yeah. And it is like, you don't know, mm-hmm. like people are, people get murdered and yeah, like no, it killed is and they get, assaulted every day for being gay yeah this is not over dramatic in any means no and it is just like really fucking scary and to be young like i also just i dealt when i was when i first came out i had a lot of like fear of we also are i was raised on every gay movie i saw had like horrible violence against their main characters yes so like i had a lot of fear and uh of being like hate crimed in the world mm-hmm. where I had my first girlfriend when I was 18. And I, every time if we were holding hands in public mm-hmm. or not in, I mean like outside of my dorm room, if yeah. I heard somebody coming down the hall, I would just jerk my hand away. Yeah. And that took like a, like two or three years to get over. Yeah. To, yeah. for my reaction to like public affection to First of all, be comfortable took a really long time, Mm -hmm. but also for me to not just immediately jerk away and be like, we're kidding. It's nope. It's not what you think it is. It's like not real affection because I was like also had to sneak around so much. So I was really used to like stealing private kisses, doing everything really hush hush. Mm -hmm. So like, I think a lot of us carry around a lot of either like fear or like you know, shame that we had learned. Cause I also grew up in a religious household where it was like gay people are, you know, we love them, but they are going to hell. Yeah. But like, yeah, that is something that like, unfortunately a lot of like we us have, to, have to just like get used to dealing with. And that fucking yeah. sucks. It does. And I think, I mean, the other day when you, Erica, Nazar and I were all at the park. Yeah. I have a rule with my girlfriend that I don't let her kiss me at the park. Yeah. Because it is a public park and we have been harassed before there. So I don't like show PDA at the park because it, it's scary and you don't know who the hell's around. It is sad because we are, it's 2021 and we live in such a progressive But we're also place. women. And, and I think that that's, we have to, yes, it's progressive and we should be able to hold hands in public, but- we're also young women that are yeah. easy targets for well, people like that. And I think like when you're a woman and you date feminine women or yeah. even just like girls who present as femme or have long hair, yeah, that for some reason makes a lot of men angry. Yeah. And that is something that like, well, we have to I, be aware of. Yeah. I mean, you have to protect yourself and exactly. you have to be aware and it is fucking bullshit and it sucks ass and it's like yeah. ridiculous. But once again, we're just like appeasing the anger and the ego of like unstable, ridiculous men. Yeah. But like, that's the way of the world and you have to like, unfortunately deal with that. And mm-hmm. I think we, Mackenzie and I have both figured out ways that how we deal with it, which is like, I try to you know, be safe first, mm-hmm. be funny second. Yeah. And that's how I'm and hot third and hot third, actually hot first. Who am I kidding? <laughs> but yeah, I think there's just like, you kind of get used to knowing like 
there's places that I feel more safe. Yeah. Uh, and there's places that I don't. And I also take into consideration now that my girlfriend is a person of color yeah. and that that adds just a different level of like awareness that I have to be at. And I've also dated like other, like my first girlfriend was black. So that I got used to, I learned in that relationship because I'm like oh it's so different like I this is my first time being openly gay yeah and she's like I'm openly gay and I've also like I'm black and you know she had a lot a different layer of consideration to take not only being a person of color who's queer but when you're in an interracial relationship there is a there's just different things that need to be addressed when it comes to safety and comfort And I think that you have to, unfortunately, like when you're a queer person, you you just have to think about things that straight couples do not think about. Yeah. And being safe is important. But also if you can, I mean, feel exactly how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I think like talking about it can can help. And yeah, we talk about it with your partner. Talk about your partner. They deal with it in opposite ways. Yeah. Whereas like I was like that with my college partners, she was very aggressive and would yell back at these people. And I was the opposite. I would shut down and like not want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And you just have to talk and realize that you each, uh, have different ways of coping with these type of aggressive aggressions. Yeah. Yeah. I think talking is really important and knowing where you're safe and like being okay with knowing that like, it's not a reflection of you. I think that that was where like, I would feel personally victimized by protesters that were religious based because I dealt with a lot of internalized homophobia specifically from being raised in like a Christian household that I had to be like, okay, this is really affecting me more than I'm noticing it's affecting people that I'm dating or Mm -hmm. other people around me. And like, what is that? And I had to like, you know, talk through it in therapy and be like, oh, right. Because I was like traumatized by the community that I was raised in. So I think like using it to like learn about yourself can mm-hmm. be really helpful, but also knowing that it has literally nothing to do with you. And these are just obnoxious bigots yeah. that can be like flicked aside and not thought about. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. If you guys have any ask a dykes, bumble fumbles, queer of the weeks, email us at two dykes and a mic at gmail.com. I thought it was dot com. <laughs> have you been telling people that? Yes. I put it on a bunch of t-shirts and business cards and business cards. I got oh. it tattooed. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that's what you were saying every time. Two dykes and a mic dot at gmail.com. Gmail. No, it's dot com. I, I hope I can refund these shirts. <laughs> <Dude>. <sighs> oh, fuck. All right. Our movie this week was actually a TV show on yes. HBO. We watched Pause. I love Sam J. Me too. Fuck. Okay. So Sam J got a late night talk show. And I watched it with my girlfriend. Is Bragg it a talk Alert. show? That's the thing. It is. Dis- it's billed as like the newest late night because they're trying to. Everyone's been- trying to just be like, how can we revamp late night? Yeah, no, this you doesn't don't. feel like late night to it me doesn't at all. And she is a comedian in L.A. Mm-hmm. Moved to New York. Is a writer now on SNL. Her special came out. She got a lot of pushback. We mm-hmm. reviewed it on this podcast. We talked about the nuances of you know the discrepancies between white male comedians and then queer POC doing, doing comedy and dealing with that backlash. And we kind of talked through it. If you want to listen to that episode, go for it. Sam J now has a show out though. At this time, only one episode is out, but, um, 
The setup of the show is essentially Sam J and a bunch of other comedians are at a house party. Mm-hmm. They kind of shoot the shit. The camera floats around showing different people. And then it goes into either an interview or sketch kind of sketch yeah there was the sketch of like the constant the new constitution oh yeah so it is it's almost like a it's almost like a variety show to be honest the the episode title is like a racial slur that seems to be black people policing other black people yes and um they talk all about it and it's an open conversation a dialogue between friends Mm -hmm. about the term you see rosebud baker was in it as like one of the white people in the room but this show is like, it takes a topic, you see it discussed by a, a room of comedians. Right. And then you see but it. But in a loose setting. It's almost so like, house are they around like a pool table or something? Maybe or they're like around a ping a pong pink, table? Yeah, like so it's a casual. Very casual. It feels like you're really like at a house party and they're just discussing something. Yes. And I, I really like the vibe of it. It does yeah. feel like fly on the wall, mm-hmm. but I do think that they harp a little too much. Like it's, it's slope. It's a little too slow paced in the first five to ten the minutes. The first half of the show, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not sure where they're going with this, and yeah. I'm not sure if they're going to find it. Yeah. The back half of the show, they put Went a quick. bow on it, and I was like, this is a good show. Yes. It was also like, I I was very just interested to see what was going to happen with Sam J. If, I mean, the backlash that she got, rightfully so, on her jokes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this going to be brought up? She addresses it within the first 10 minutes of the show. Yeah. Where she's like, listen, I was called like a traitor of the gay community. She's like, look around the room here. I'm the only gay person here. Her girlfriend is like, I'm gay too. LOL. Great laugh. Mm -hmm. But Sam J kind of like takes a moment to say kind of what happened, where Sam's like, listen, I'm... I thought these jokes were landing. I didn't think they were going to land like that. Yeah. And basically that like her intentions weren't to be that. Maybe she's learned, maybe she's not, but addressing what's going on Mm. and being like, that's what people say about me. And that's not what I intended. Yeah. And then move forward. I was like, I'm glad that this was brought up. True. But it wasn't the point of the show. Mm -hmm. The point of the show seems to me to be like how like black people who create content, are talking about things within the black community. Yeah. And then is expanded on to, like, Sam J, by the way, during that interview, she interviews two uh, self-identified pro-black conservatives. Concert, yes. And Sam J sounds, like, so fucking smart, right? I was, like, I mean, I know she is smart. Yeah. But I think because the tone is, we're, this is tedious, right? We have a room full of black people on a very opposite ends of the political spectrum. We have mm-hmm. an open gay woman and, and the then, conservatives. I'm right, like, this the, is tedious. Well, I thought I was like, okay, you're setting yourself up for uh, a pie in their face. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not what she w- was going for. No. And honestly, it was a conversation where I was like, really fascinated this by their answers. More, I was fascinated by their answers. Because it then, wasn't a gotcha situation. Not it wasn't all. like, I'm here to make you look stupid. No. No, it was like, and it's not the, um, like Sarah Silverman or Chelsea Handler, like, we're here to have a dialogue. Right. You Which know, also like, we're yeah, we are, but, but, it, but no, but for, for what? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I love Sarah Silverman and I love Chelsea Handler Yeah, and I love what they were trying to do. But I couldn't, but after a felt, couple episodes, I was like, I couldn't fucking watch it anymore. This felt we were, I feel like in real time mm-hmm. getting somewhere yeah, or well, at least like, it didn't feel like homework. It didn't feel like homework and it didn't, it didn't feel like white people telling black people to like have a moment yeah. or, or black people saying like, 
uh, how can we appease this to a broader audience? Yeah. To me, it felt like very, I don't know. I'm like, I just feel like it's so Sam J. Mm-hmm. The whole thing feels well, very Sam. Because, and then we have this un, uh, unpredictable moment where one of the uh, conservatives. The woman. Woman comes out as queer. In real time during yeah. the interview unplanned. Yeah. She was like, ugh, because Sam J was like, hey, where do you guys stand on gay rights? Yeah, and gay marriage. And gay marriage. And like, you're conservatives. And then the woman was like, I was kind of hoping you didn't bring this up because, and like, I hope it's okay to do this now, but I actually am a part of that community. Yeah. And like, I got like, whoa. It, it was good. We're it having was great. A, a moment here. Yeah. And that it is was also that they're all so pro-black, but yeah. it came out in different political ideologies, yes. which is like, I think was the point here. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I thought that that was super cool. We're seeing this black conservative coming out as like queer mm-hmm. in real time in front of Sam J, who's obviously openly gay and they hugged and it cuts back to like more conversations where they're taught. It felt like I'm, this is what it feels like when a group of comedians get together. Yeah, right? because we do these kind of talks all the time. When we get together with our queer girlfriends yeah. and we're all comics, we have these kind of conversations. We're talking about things that are going on, but people are like cracking wise and busting each other's balls. Exactly, exactly. And like you're, you're talking about things that are important, but also in a way where it's very casual and everyone's a little lit. Yeah, <laughs> and having fun. Like, yeah, and that's what I really liked about it because I think they did capture that. Mm-hmm. Did I think it was a little slow in the beginning? For sure. But they ended it with this almost like Mr. Rogers, what did we learn today? But it was like a farce sketch. Yeah. It was kind of like... It was funny. It was very funny. It was like fucking funny. Yeah. And it felt just like, I don't know if we've been getting this like either really contrived, really like whitewashy, really like cookie cuttery. Mm -hmm. What did we learn today? We can all learn from each other. You know, almost ignoring the fact that we lived through a Trump presidency and have suffered so much trauma from it that it feels super gross. Yeah. Where this was, I thought, authentic and funny. And I was like there were things that I learned in a different point of view. And I, mm-hmm. I thought that it was like done well in a way where I feel like Z way show on Showtime hasn't found that yet. And yeah. they're trying really hard to get there. Mm-hmm. These new ideas where we're like, we're doing late night, yeah. but different. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, if we're doing it different, let me watch it and let me see it. And I'm like, I would, I feel like they're achieving something with Sam J that they haven't yet found in these other reboots of late night Yeah. that I thought was like, it feels good to see like a queer woman doing I, it. I agree. I right? loved it. It felt really gay and it felt really black and it felt really like funny. It, yes, <laughs> it did. I like had a really good time watching it and learning. And knowing and it, people, we know people who like made the show. It's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I hope that it is sustainable mm-hmm. and that it, it doesn't wear itself out. But also that's what late night has done and people are f- over it. Yeah. But I'm wondering if they're going to have a reoccurring cast or if it's going to be new people every time. Yeah. Are they going to switch it up? Like I'm I, interested I'm to interested. see how the season's going to play out. Yeah. But I think that... And they still do have things to figure out, right? Yeah. It's not... I don't think it's solidified in its like momentum mm-hmm. yet. Mm-mm. But I do think that they're on the right path. I agree. And I do like that it's like a queer woman. I agree. I think it's awesome that... I mean, we lost Ellen, and it, she's now being replaced by Kelly Clarkson. So we no longer have any queer. Can I say something? Daytime people I or late night. I love Kelly Clarkson. I do too, but I'm. I, you know, it, it does kind of suck going from we literally had a an idol on daytime television. Well, she is American Idol. 
but going from that to then another straight white woman, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of tough, like losing our one I didn't person. Think that they would replace her with Kelly. I didn't either. I thought they were going to pick somebody gay. Yeah. I think they should have. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, at least it wasn't a straight white man. But just barely. But like kind of just barely. So I'm like, I, I, I'm happy that we're at least getting more queer people on late. I mean, we have Lily Singh. Mm-hmm. She's bi. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she talks about it enough. Well, she wears enough suits, though. Yeah, sure. You can wear. But these s- are like, this is why I think it's kind of fascinating to watch. As somebody who wants to create her own late night show. Yeah. And like we create and we want to see what we like in media and sell a show and Mm -hmm. have it be queer and have it be authentic and funny. Mm -hmm. But we're, I think what Lily sings and I've watched the show only a few times. So not a fair critique, Mm -hmm. but has done that thing that I'm kind of like talking about, which is like, it's for a broader audience. We have a format Mm -hmm. that is created by and for like straight middle, middle America, middle America. And then they go, well, what if we just cast a brown queer person yeah. and not no disrespect to no. Lily Sings, but like she's it amazing. feels like what it feels in a, what, 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 what's happening now. It's like, okay, what if we burn that whole shit down and just rebuild it in our own way? And then they write their tone. They imprint right. and themselves yeah, it's on weird the show. and different and they're figuring it out, but it's like some, I think it's, it has more completely heart, completely different than yeah. just, you know, redoing the straight white guy monologue in a suit, and putting a, a queer woman there yeah. is feels a lot different than saying, hey, Sam J, what do you want to do? We're putting it on HBO. Exactly. Because you're going to get something yeah. completely different. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is way more interesting. Well, it just feels realer and it feels more authentic to who she is. That's why it, when we're watching it, I'm you're, enjoying you're it. getting this like, Oh, I'm like watching this yeah. instead of like, eh, it's on in the background while exactly. I exactly. D- do the dishes or whatever. Yeah. I want to see what happens when we give these different points of views money and our time mm-hmm. and then just sit back. And if it fails, it fails. Right. But wouldn't you rather take a swing on That's somebody really like making something that they give a fuck about or trying to just shove your like one pantsuit into a, a monologue at a desk? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's take swings. Yeah. They have enough money. To, make a, you know what I mean? Experiment. Yeah, yeah, like have fun. No one's watching it anyways. Exactly. No Artists need to be experimenting you. more. Totally. We're, we really are in a uh, the opposite of a renaissance. We're in like a, the slump right now of experimenting with the format of late night. Late night. They need they and I. They all know it that they're like we got to do something. Yeah. And it's just been like slower than I thought it would be. And, like, also, I'm, like, this is so different that it is, like, we all know this isn't late night, but yeah. call it what you want and just give, you know, give Sam J a half hour, whatever. Yeah. How many gloves would you give it? I'd give it four. I actually, I was going to give it four, too. I think it's going to find its footing, and I'm, I'm really excited to keep watching. Yeah, me, too. Next week, we are going to be watching the show Pride on Hulu. Ooh, a docuseries. Yeah. Very excited about that. Yeah, buckle up. I'm Mackenzie Goodwin. And I'm Rachel Scanlon. Go to something gay today. We are the greatest dykes in the world. Mackenzie Goodwin. Rachel Scanlon. Worldwide Dykes for Life.